Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dads Podcast. The world of baseball and the youth and especially the high school game is changing so rapidly. These rapid changes are bringing about a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration for today's parents that are trying to bring their son up in the game. So the purpose of this podcast is to use the experience of dads who have already gone through this journey and have navigated it successfully so we could take aim at that confusion and frustration and knock it out. We're going to talk to these dads about what they did right, about what they did wrong, what they would do more of, what they would do less of, and they're going to give you their advice for today's parents that are going through this game. So stay tuned for today's podcast. And make sure you go to BaseballDadsNewsletter.com where you can get a free trial in our monthly Baseball Dads Newsletter. So without any further delay, let's get on to today's show. Hey folks, Paul Rick here. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Dads Podcast. Um, tell me if this rings a bell in any way. Have you ever noticed that every uh, three, four, five years or so, there's a pitcher that comes on the scene, you know, like a Major League Baseball, that has a unique set of mechanics? And... Um, and then if they start to enjoy some kind of success and they have a unique set of mechanics, they almost become like a unicorn. They, be, they get a lot of attention because they look different, they're moving different, and because they're enjoying some success, people think that that difference must be the secret to their success. Have you ever seen pitchers on your team, in your league, college, high school, youth, travel, whatever, that... Um, literally copy the mechanics of those pitchers, those unique pitchers. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the two reasons why I don't think you should. But head on over to 567dad.com. 567dad Baseball Edition book will be out October 11th. We have a release date, October 11th. It will be out and ready to go. And if you want to be the first to know, go sign up at 567dad.com. We'll be, and you will be the first to know and get first crack at um, getting a copy of the book. So I'm really confused at where to start this podcast. So I want to encourage you to listen to the end because I think this would be an eye-opener for you, especially if your son is, is younger um, or if your son is copying some of those mechanics. So I've literally had pitchers on consults, um, and I'll look at what they're doing, and I'll say, well, why are they doing that? And I'll say, oh, well, they're doing that because so-and-so did that, and they're trying to mimic so-and-so. And so I've been dealing with this for as long as we've been in business, right? Even going back to like a Deo Nomo with the big, with the bow and, and Dice K and um, uh, El Duque had that big kick with pushing his hands down and Dontrell Willis had the big sweep and, and the big leg kick and, and now it's Kyle Hendricks with that kind of, you know, little glitch in his arm action there and, and Clayton Kershaw has that little hitch in his delivery and, and by far the biggest one was Tim Lincecum. And I want to talk about this in two parts. Number one, I want to talk about why it's not great to copy them because it's not what made them successful. And also is that why it's not great to copy them because what they do is, is usually not going to last long term. So if you look at most of those pitchers, most of them, um, with the exception of Kershaw and Hen- I don't think Hendricks actually has bad mechanics. I think he's just got a unique look. Um, so I'm going to take him kind of off the, 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 the table here, but, um, most of those guys, it has not worked out well, right? Um, Dontrell Willis should still be pitching. Um, he should probably be maybe at the tail end of the prime of his career, maybe rounding his 230th, 240th win at this stage. Um, um, uh, Jeremy Bonnerman's another one. Um, Tim Lincecum should be smack dab in the prime of his career. Um, and, and Clayton Kershaw, I think, is a fabulous pitcher, great pitcher. I, I love watching him. I think long-term he's going to pay a price for the way he moves. So 
Now, I know that's going to bring about a lot of comments, a lot of disagreement, and that's fine. But we did the same thing with Tim Lincecum. We, we came out really hard against the Tim Lincecum delivery, and here's why. Um, Tim Lincecum was whatever he was, 5'10", 5'11", skinny guy, right? 180 pounds, I think he was, or whatever it was, right? He wasn't your prototypical 6'2", 200-pound um, pitcher. And so what that did is that gave hope to a lot of smaller, smaller, skinny pitchers that somehow maybe he had found the secret in this unique delivery. So whatever it was, seven, eight years ago, we did a webinar called the Lincecum Trap. And in that, we talked about how these mechanics are going to get you hurt. And we provided the historical examples of Sandy Koufax and Dwight Gooden. Now, Sandy Koufax had a great career, but it was like a six, seven-year um, run. It was a great run, but he ended on an arm injury. Dwight Gooden, same thing, ended on an arm injury. There's other problems, too, but, I mean, ultimately, it was, he blew out his arm. He lost his greatest tool. So we looked at those mechanics side by side by side, and when you looked at them like that, you were like, wow, now I can see there's a historical pattern here. And we took unbelievable heat saying that Tim Linscombe had bad mechanics because what was being really believed at that time is that somehow he had cracked the code on throwing whatever he was throwing, 97, 98 miles an hour. Here's the deal. There's just, there's just, you have to understand that you're just genetically gifted people. And Tim Linscombe is a genetic major leaguer in a 5'11 body. The same way Dustin Pedroia is a genetic major leaguer in a smaller body, however tall he is. And Ken Griffey Jr. was a genetic major leaguer in his 6'2", 6'3", whatever he was. And Bryce Harper, they're genetic major leaguers in different bodies. You're not, you can't take that equation off, and there's no set of mechanics that's going to overcome that lack of God-given ability. So we came out really hard against it. And like I said, we got, we got terrible email, like awful email. So I prepare to get the same stuff when I say that I don't think Clayton Kershaw is going to have the same career as his contemporaries a generation before him enjoyed. I don't think he's going to see the career of Greg Maddox had or Randy Johnson had or uh, Pedro Martinez had. I think he's going to fall short of his potential. Having said that, I, I love watching him. He's a great competitor. I know from guys that know him and work with him that he's an unbelievable guy, great preparer and all those other things. I'm just specifically talking about mechanics. But I've had kids who, who have mimicked the Tim Lincecum delivery. Now remember, it was a delivery that did not work for Tim Lincecum. It worked for whatever, four or five years. And here's a guy that should be smack dab in the prime of his career and is not pitching in baseball. And I, I remember saying in that webinar that I don't think his arm is going to go first. I think his body will go first, and then it will be his arm. And his body did go. And then, and then I, don't, I, don't, I think his body went so bad that I don't know that it even got a chance to attack his arm. But oftentimes these injuries don't manifest um, as arm injuries first. And... We treat an arm injury differently than we treat a bodily body injury, and we shouldn't. Um, if somebody says my arm hurts, it's you know everybody perks up and listens and shuts them down. But if somebody says their ankle hurts, they ah just ice it, right? But you should treat an ankle injury like an arm injury, or hip injury, a knee injury like an arm injury, because usually sometimes those ankle, knee, and hip injuries manifest and become arm injuries much down, further down the line. Um, that's another podcast. But so getting back to that is that remember that you're, we're mimicking the things that didn't work for them. And I literally see guys that are that have like a hitch in their delivery because of Clayton Kershaw. And that's not the secret to his success. It gets a lot of attention because it's different and it's what we can see on TV. Tim Lincecum's movements were not the secret to his success. So this, that would be the first thing that I would say is that mimicking those pitchers, look at how it turns out. you know. And, and Kershaw is having some problems now. Um, 
But here's the other thing, and this is probably the most important thing, is that copying Tim Lincecum would be the most un-Tim Lincecum thing that you could do. Copying Clayton Kershaw would be the most un-Clayton Kershaw thing you can do. Here's why. It's because they are get attention because they are unique. So what you should copy is that they are unique and not that of what they do to be unique because they didn't copy Greg Maddox and Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson. They're not mimicking their mechanics. And I said, I don't agree with them, but I'm just talking in, in, in general terms of like a philosophical approach of, of, you know, of why they got attention is because they're unique and we're trying to copy them hoping that we would, that same success would happen for us. But they didn't copy anyone to have that success. The same way that, um, Greg Maddox and Roger Clemens and Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez, they don't, they didn't look like Steve Carlton and, and Tom Seaver and they don't look like Nolan Ryan. They all look different. Right? So I think what we're trying to copy, if we want to copy anything from some of these pitchers, we should look at their work ethic. We should look at their preparation. And I'm sure if you spent a day preparing, and I, and I know a little bit about this because I, I know guys who work with them, it, it's intense. You know, they said Kobe Bryant, uh, whatever it was, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning would be in the gym um, and that nobody could outwork Kobe Bryant. And you hear those stories. There was a, there was a story about Nolan Ryan that he there, there was a game that would, that got done at like, I don't know, midnight or something. They didn't get back to the hotel until 1 o'clock. And the guy who was training him, they trained every morning at 6 a.m. And and he said, well, I guess we'll sleep in a little bit because the game ends a little late. And Nolan Ryan was up at 6 a.m., ready, ready to work out. And so if we want to mimic something about these players, why don't we mimic the way they prepare um, the way they, uh, the way they train and also mimic and that the lesson we should take from them is be yourself. Now, whether they're right or wrong, right? It doesn't matter. But Greg Maddox was unique. Randy Johnson was unique. Roger Clemens was unique. Pedro Martinez was unique. And that all worked out for them, right? So copy the, don't copy their uniqueness, copy that they are unique and take that as the lesson to be yourself as a pitcher. Now, there are certain things you have to have in delivery, certain things that need to be present. Everybody can look different doing those same things. So Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, Roger Clemens, they all look the same. Um, I mean, they all look different, excuse me, but they're doing the same things to get it done. Um, so, so don't confuse someone's style with mechanical efficiency. So I know that will get a ton of comments, but here's the thing. I promise you I won't read them. So... <laughs> I don't, I don't do social media, um, in, in this way. So, um, you know, uh, so I, if you want to go ahead, but, but if it's directed at me, um, you'd probably be better off texting, texting your mom or texting your grandma or something, uh, with that time. So, uh, the 567 dad book will be out October 11th. Go to 567dad.com. Um, you can check it out there and, um, thanks a lot guys. I'll see you next week. Hey guys, it's Paul again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We really hope you got a lot out of it. We have so much more to come for you. And thank you so much for trusting us with your baseball education and also the development with your child. It's something that we take very seriously and really means the world to me and the rest of the staff here at Paul Rick Baseball and Baseball Dads Podcast. So thank you so much. We would love it if you would leave a five-star rating and a great review of this podcast. That's how it helps us get the word out about the podcast so that other dads can share in this information that we need so much. Also, don't forget 
to go to Baseball Dads Newsletter where you can get a free trial subscription in our Baseball Dads Newsletter. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I can't tell you what it means to us that you would tune in, and we're just loving bringing this information to you. So, again, thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next show. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's BaseballDadsBook.com. Thanks.